Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Hard Currency, the Financial Times podcast on the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and this was the week that marked the anniversary of Donald Trump's election victory. It's worth recalling where the markets were 12 months ago. The dollar was propelling higher, the prospect of trade wars and protectionism were on investors' minds, and worries about political risk in Europe were also dominating. So as the fag end of 2017 is upon us, how are investors feeling about a year of Trump disappointment, dollar decline, global growth, policy normalisation and the equity bull run. And what does this year's experience tell us about investors' plans for 2018? Our guest this week is Owen Murray, who's Head of Investment at Hermes Investment Management. Owen, just give us first of all our listeners a view of, of how Hermes sees the world and how it, how it plans strategy. Certainly. We take a very long-term view to markets and asset classes in general. Um, We are one of the world's uh, leading responsible investment managers, and so everything we do is with a sustainable uh, view. So for that reason, quite naturally, we have this very long-term view and we tend not to react to short-term, uh, short-term market ructions. Because turmoil, uh, you know, with, with Brexit in 2016 and, and Trump uh, were, was, was clearly what everybody had to worry about. But you try and, you try and look through all that. Yeah, to the extent we can. Um, I would go as far as encouraging uh, our portfolio managers to switch off their screens uh, at such uh, pivotal moments. Uh, I'm not sure that it helps in the slightest for us to you know, attempt to take a, a short-term directional view from uh, from information of that kind, uh, and and you look at how investors did play uh, the whole of 2017. I talked about the equity bull run, uh, you know, the the economy shifting towards policy normalisation. Um, does that tell us that the world is becoming a bit more shock resistant? Are we are we are all these shocks coming? Yeah, you know, we're, we're we're numbing ourselves from them. I think it might do. I mean, we've observed two particular characteristics of of volatility um, that historically we have seen jumps in the past and we still can continue to see them today, albeit just from a much lower level. But what's missing is the second characteristic, which is long term memory. So when we look at volatility historically, we see that when you do have a jump, Volatility takes a lot longer to digest. Uh, the markets take a lot longer to digest the information, and, and volatility remains elevated for a considerable period of time. But in the last couple of years, whether it's been Brexit, tie-in referendum, Trump, any of these shocks, the market has simply been able to digest that information yes. in a matter of uh, days, if not hours. Yes, and that's kept volatility low. So the question is, can you see when volatility is going to return? Yes, how? I mean, to, to some extent, there must be a link between low levels of volatility and the amount of central bank liquidity that we've had pumped into the system. Yes. So I think it's a perfectly reasonable assumption to to question whether, as we move towards quantitative tightening and a reduction of balance sheets, we won't see some of the volatility come back into into markets, okay. including currencies. Yes, currencies have been pretty 
benign this year, haven't they? I mean, you look at currencies uh, for, for indicators, for for gauges of how the market is feeling, do you? We do. So we look at currencies as part of our overall macro picture. Uh, the way that we're structured, and we have individual investment desks that will uh, have their own philosophies and will come up with their own decisions. Mm-hmm. And then we take a house macro view, which we offer to them as an additional, uh, as additional element. Uh, so you'll look at the the currency world this year, and you'll probably see only what sterling as being the key things to keep looking out for on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, I think it's really been the the, the main story this year. Mm. We have seen some dollar weakness, but in relative terms, I'd have to say that's not huge. If you were just to take a, a post-Trump election view, we've gone from massive longs to massive shorts, and we appear to be moving sort of back towards the middle in in, in terms of dollar positioning. Um, so. Yes, sterling has been, for a large part of the year, the main show. Uh, and you presumably have portfolios with, with the UK very much in mind. Does it simply boil down to a binary story with regarding Brexit uh, and sterling? Is it, is it simply uh, we, are, we are right in the middle of that and we just are in a period of uncertainty? Is that, is that the best we can say at this stage? Sadly, I think it <laughs> might well be. I think the, you're absolutely right, Roger. Uncertainty dominates. And uh, I guess we'll know... Uh, a little bit more in the next couple of weeks mm. as to whether a deal on cost and on the rights of European citizens, etc., is possible yeah. before Christmas. And it does appear to us that uh, Europe and, and the politicians are setting a great uh, amount of store by having something concrete for phase one to show by the end of this year. But it's not at all clear to us that we'll get there. You have a very long term outlook. Do, do, you, do you look at Sterling's relative, I mean, historical value and, and say, well, it's pretty cheap at the moment. There's opportunities there. It, it's very cheap. Uh, l- looking at uh, you know any sort of reasonable investment horizon, as far as we can see. Um, that being said, if it's true that we are now in a new uh, era, uh, one in which uh, you know it's very difficult to imagine um, what what the world will look like in two to three years' time for the UK, I think it's difficult to take a, a big view on sterling. Okay. Uh, that's more problematic. Uh, what is a better judgment for 2018? What what makes you feel a bit more confident? Let me ask you about emerging markets. I mean, yes, they have had some difficulty over recent weeks, but in the long term, are you are, are your people more confident about them? Yes, they are. So for for us, the view has been that the emerging markets have been an exciting story for this year. Uh, In valuation terms, there's a degree of catch-up relative to the developed markets, and and that has uh, been to the the benefit of investors. I suppose equally, on the other side of the uh, the equation, one is looking at uh, U.S. rate rises, the potential impact of U.S. tax reform sure. uh, and, and strengthening dollar. And what does that then mean for uh, emerging markets and emerging market currencies? Yes. Um, uh, and... Um China has always been a, a bellwether for how generally emerging markets, well, actually bellwether for the rest of us as well. But, I mean, uh, does, does China, um, does the benign story about China in 2017 carry on into next year? I think it could well do. Um, our views are, are somewhat polarised. On the one hand, uh, there, there, there would be a strong group within within the firm who have a very positive view on, on China, their do- adoption of new technologies, their, their productivity, and their capacity for continued growth. And even if things do go wrong, I think there's a strong sense that the problems are largely domestic in nature and that they still have plenty of tools in their, in their toolbox that they could use to correct uh, any problems. 
On the other hand, you know, I remain concerned about the, uh, the, the, the level of debt, the amount of credit that's gone into mm. the system. When we've seen that historically in other assets, other markets, that has been a problem and ended badly. And we don't even we, we can't even be exactly sure about the, the amount of non-performing loans in the market. Yes. Uh, so there is the potential uh, for, for, for risks to materialize there in 2018. Yes, we parked that problem at the beginning of 2017. We were going into 2018 with the same problem. Yeah. Well, we ha- I think to some extent, uh, if, if one was a local domestic Chinese, um, I think there was a need to get through uh, the, the National Congress yes. uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, and that happens now. Perhaps we'll see uh, a, a sort of different turn of events now uh, that that's, that's behind us. The broader story in 2018 about uh, policy normalisation, um, this looks like it could go, um, it will carry on, but in a desperately slow way, which was probably linked to global growth. Does global growth excite you into 2018? <laughs> I think global growth remains uh, incredibly unloved, um, <laughs> despite the fact that it does appear to be sort of fairly synchronized uh, around the world. Um, it strikes us that uh, in, in any normal times, we'd be saying this feels sort of, it's got a very sort of late cycle mm. feel to it. Um, and, and all the news is coming at the back end of that late cycle, which is a little unusual. Uh, are there uh, things on the horizon that, uh, that give us concern? Yes, some. Uh, clearly, the unwinding of balance sheets, if that uh, if that becomes a, a global mm. phenomenon for central banks, then that must, you know, we, we'd have to ask whether that will have an impact. Oh, and just finally, we, we, we 12 months ago, we, we didn't know what to make of Donald Trump. At the beginning of the year, we were thinking there's going to be lots of lots of problems on the horizon. Maybe 12 months on, we're, you know, a bit, a bit more phlegmatic about it all. Um, what do you think um, should we still be wary of regarding the US president? I think, uh, I think, that partly hinges on the extent to which the current tax reforms, which are in, in discussion, uh, uh, go through. And I think we, we've seen the uh, Ways and Means Committee. Now we're waiting for the Senate Finance Committee to, to produce their version. I would worry that if we don't uh, manage to get some more serious tax reforms pushed through, if it's even just tinkering and tax cutting, that there will be big questions about uh, the success of Trump in, in the first half of his term. That in itself could encourage him perhaps to make use of, of the powers, the executive powers that he has in his own hands. Uh, and I think that particularly for me focuses on trade and protectionism. That problem may be coming back to us. Yes. Uh, my thanks to Owen Murray of uh, Hermes. Uh, join us again next week for Hard Currency. Until then, it's goodbye.